0: Welcome back to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issue of climate change. I'm Gao Yang. Cyprus is at the crossroads of Europe and the Middle East. It's in the Eastern Mediterranean and recognized as a global climate change hotspot. From rising sea levels to fast rising temperatures, Cyprus offers a unique perspective on the global climate narrative. In today's program, we'll explore how Cyprus grapples with this global challenge. Cyprus, an island nation in the Mediterranean, stands at the forefront of a rapidly changing climate. Its olive groves, beaches and ancient ruins are threatened by global warming. For more on Cyprus's climate challenges and what it has done to tackle the issue, I have spoken with Dr. Panos Hajini-Kolau, an associate professor and researcher at the Center of Climate and Atmosphere Research of the Cyprus Institute. First and foremost, could you please give us a brief introduction of Cyprus?
1: Yes, sure. So Cyprus geographically is located in the subtropics where in the northern hemisphere at about 35 degrees north, Cyprus is an island country in the Southeastern corner of Europe, in the Eastern Mediterranean, is a member of the European Union since 2004, has a population of uh, about a bit more than one million people. We have a Greek-speaking majority and a Turkish-speaking minority. Cyprus is currently divided, actually. So that's the definition of, let's say, geography and country-wise. But I can also give you a definition of the climate of Cyprus. So, the climate of Cyprus is a typical Mediterranean, more specifics of the Eastern Mediterranean. So, we have mild winters and rainy. So, we get most of our rainfall during the winter months, and especially January, February. And our summers are long, hot and dry. This combination makes, especially the northeastern part of the island, almost semi-arid in terms of, of climate and environment, but also, We have a a mountain range in the center of the island, the Trodos Mountains, which peaks at about 2,000 meters. And we also get snow during winter.
0: Thank you so much. Like you said, being an island country in the Mediterranean, Cyprus is vulnerable to climate change, like rising sea levels. Could you paint a picture of the climate-related challenges Cyprus faces?
1: Uh, Sure. We can split this question in two parts. First, we can talk about why Cyprus and the neighboring region is climatically sensitive, and then of course we can discuss uh, also how it will be impacted by climate change and the different challenges and impacts. We're talking about Cyprus, but Cyprus, as I said, is in the Eastern Mediterranean, and actually it is in the region of the Eastern Mediterranean and Middle East. So Middle East is very near us, we are actually in Middle East. So this region, the acronym is ME. Eastern Mediterranean Middle East, in order to give you a sense, if you want to fly from Cyprus to Athens, it will take you one and a half hour, but it takes the same amount of time, one and a half hour to fly from Cyprus to Baghdad. So you can imagine we are really in Eastern Mediterranean and Europe, but also we are Middle East. I wanted to say that in order to continue and then mention that actually this region of the Eastern Mediterranean Middle East which actually the Cyprus Institute is contributing to its studies for the last uh, 15 years, is considered a climate change uh, hotspot. For example, last year we published uh, a comprehensive account of the climate change and the weather extremes in this EME region. Our analysis of the air temperature record has revealed an upward trend, a positive trend of about half a degree per decade for the last 40 years. So every 10 years, the temperature is increased about half a degree, which is actually twice the global trend for the same period. So one reason we call the the Eastern Mediterranean Middle East a climate change hotspot is the fast warming that experienced in the last four decades, which is actually almost double than the global average. So this is one key characteristic of uh, how climate change is uh, manifesting in this region, including Cyprus. I can say a bit more about Cyprus. So as I said, our summers are climatologically in the long term. We expect them to be long and hot. So I will give you an indication. For example, if you come to Cyprus in July, in August, especially Nicosia in the capital, which is in the center of the island, you will experience temperatures more than 37 degrees every day, the maximum temperature. So, talking about the temperatures in Cyprus, especially for Nicosia, this upward trend is even higher. For the last 40 years, actually, in the summer, the warming has been about 2 degrees. So, you know, we're talking about how to avoid the global temperature average, the global warming of 1.2.5 or 2 degrees warming, according to the Paris Agreement. Mm -hmm. So, this is the global average, of course, but regionally, and especially in the Eastern Mediterranean, and i give you the example of Cyprus, this has been already kind of breached, this limit. So we're really warming faster. So this July in Cyprus, it was the hottest July of the last 40 years with an average temperature of 40 degrees. And also, we had an unprecedented record in this July that we have 16 consecutive days where the maximum temperature was more than 40 degrees. So this has never happened before in this, at least in this 41-year record we have for the station. Another climatic challenge that also adds to calling this region as a hotspot of climate change is uh, the lack of water and rainfall in the Mediterranean, in the Eastern Mediterranean. In Cyprus, we get most of our rainfall during winter, but some years we have droughts. As, for example, in 2008, the rainfall we had in 2008 was about half of the previous years. Our reservoirs, the water dams, were completely empty. They were running about 3% capacity that year. And they forced the government of Cyprus to import water from Greece. And that was a multi-million euro project. So I'm starting also giving you now a flavor of the consequences and the impact that society and economy feels mm-hmm. from the different manifestation of uh, climate change. So if I want to close the picture of the environmental and climate conditions in Cyprus and the Eastern Mediterranean and the Middle East, I would add also something about the air quality and especially the aerosols. So because of our proximity to the Saharan desert from one side and to the Arabian desert from the other side, Cyprus and the Eastern Mediterranean is also vulnerable to dust events, that they bring uh, mineral dust coming from these deserts. So uh, uh, apart, let's say, from the direct physical manifestations, as I mentioned, for example, the water scarcity will exert a pressure on sanitation. It might reduce the living standards. Less water will affect uh, agriculture and the crop yields. So that might have uh, consequences in the food security. And I want to mention another important sector for Cyprus, although I'm not an economist, is the tourism a good part of our gdp relies on the income from tourists every year and especially in the summer cyprus is flooded by tourists all this gives an extra let's say burden in the consumption of water in the summer and also of uh, electricity for air conditioning and cooling demand this is also projected to to increase more in the future as the warming accelerates we were also affected by the sea level rise so mm-hmm. Because with the sea level rise, we will have more erosion of the beaches. So in, in Cyprus, our beaches are very narrow. Almost 90% of the beaches in Cyprus have about of a 50 meter width. About half of the beaches in Cyprus will be permanently eroded.
0: You've actually given us a very specific picture of the adverse effects of climate change on Cyprus. Climate change has effects effect on the traditional industries in Cyprus, like as agriculture, and you've also mentioned tourism. Do you know how these industries are adapting or coping with the changing climate conditions?
1: Adaptation is the, the number one step an approach to this because we're already experiencing manifestation of climate change in the, those different sectors and systems we'll describe, and they're predicted to, to get worse in the rest of the century. First of all, one key question here is not only up to the industries, but is, it requires also a government, let's say, and central intervention are the warning systems. We know that the temperature will rise and the rainfall will be less gradually over the course of decades. But we also have extreme events like uh, heat waves or even flash floods. Although the total rainfall will be less in Eastern Mediterranean, this less rain will fall in fewer events, which will be more intense rainfall events. So we might and we have experienced uh, floods in the past. In order to be able to be ready for these extreme events, partly also blame to climate change. We need to have a early warning systems. We require, of course, to have very good models to predict the course of the weather in the near, let's say, future. But we need also management systems in order to disseminate this information. Uh, of course, different industries, they will be taking different measures. One big measure, of course, is to consume less, to change decade or century long, uh, long habits of how we use electrical devices regarding for example electricity consumption or how we use our water for the agriculture it is a matter of perception of each individual but there are also i know I'm aware of projects including from the Cyprus Institute for example they try to include technologies in order for example to predict the soil moisture and inform the farmers when they have to water their, their fields These kind of measures, again with the help of science and technology, are examples of what, let's say, different industries in different sectors can do to be more resilient in these adverse effects of climate change in this big context of climate change adaptation.
0: We know that Cyprus has positioned itself as a regional hub for climate change research. It proposed the establishment of a science institute concentrating on Mediterranean and Middle East, How is this endeavor progressing, as far as you know? And what role do you expect the Institute to play in tackling climate change?
1: That was one strategic objective of the Cyprus Institute when it was launched about more than 15 years ago, in order to focus on environment and climate change and also solution for it. So with the help of the European Union, through a specific, let's say, competitive funding call for the new countries that enter the EU in order to bolster the research capacities, plus the commitment of the Cyprus government. We were able to launch this European Cypriot project to establish a new center of excellence on, uh, that we call KERSI. So this is the Climate and Atmosphere Research Center. So it was officially launched in 2020. Of course, as I said before, within the Cyprus Institute, there were already groups doing climate and atmospheric research, but now we put together all these expertise, plus we are attracting more under the pillars of the science, education and technology. I can quickly tell you that this new centre that has been already launched, the Climate and Atmosphere Research Centre, has four departments. And from the departments you will understand also the different research directions and interventions we are desiring and planning. So the first is the Environmental Observations Department. Really, our region was lacking measurements of uh, gases uh, or aerosols including greenhouse gases for verification of emission reduction. And we are trying to fill this gap in the region. So we are participating in different uh, international uh, programs that they all contribute with measurements uh, of gases and aerosols also to study air quality. So this is the second department. The one I'm part two is environmental predictions department. We are uh, strengthening our modeling capabilities, how to, to use atmospheric and climate models in order to understand atmospheric and climate change, but also predicted. This is the basis also for launching further up impact studies that they contribute to the third department, which is the impacts and policy department. So this is the most uh, recently launched department. So we want to translate our knowledge and our predictions of atmospheric and climate change into impacts and how this will affect the different sectors of society and economy And lastly, the fourth department is the Environmental Technologies Department. So so with all these four activities, the Centre has been uh, trying also to include collaboration, to bolster collaboration in the region, because Cyprus, and this is one of the aims and the visions of the Cyprus Institute, because it's in the middle, it's a gateway between Europe and the Middle East, can act also as an intermediary and facilitator of collaboration in the region. I will give you a last example, but it's a very important one. The Cyprus Institute, the last few years, is uh, assisting the Cyprus government in the so-called climate change initiative for the Eastern Mediterranean and the Middle East. In this EME region, Eastern Mediterranean and Middle East, there are 17 countries. So all this culminated last year in the previous uh, COP, which happened in Egypt, where the leaders now, after they were provided, let's say, the scientific knowledge from our initiative, got together, they signed the first declaration that they're they're really willing to listen to the scientists of the region and start talking about collaborating to finding solutions to the problem that our initiative uh, highlighted. So, I think that was very important, so we know our challenges from the scientific point of view, but now we're able also to bring together the politicians and the government in order to act, at least at the government level, so this is an ongoing effort.
0: Yeah, thank you for introducing your organization to us. And thank you for you and your colleagues, your efforts actually in mitigating the impact of climate change. You've done a lot. Can I ask, uh, maybe add a little more question here, I'm still on the challenges side? Are there any specific regions or communities within Cyprus that are particularly vulnerable to climate change?
1: Cyprus is part of the European Union. So in terms, let's say, of economy or the per capita, although our per capita is less than the European Union average. We are kind of in a good level of resilience and I cannot imagine now of, of any very vulnerable community. Although we are facing this warming and these droughts, it seems that the whole system is kind of resilient. So. Mm. This is part of, let's say, the overall good background of, uh, let's say, economic resilience of the island. That's part of our participation in the in the European Union, because Cyprus had to change a lot of its regulations in order to follow the European Union, let's mm. say, regulatory regime. Mm. And I think uh, overall we are benefiting from this.
0: We know Cyprus is still divided. Do you think this division hinders its climate action efforts? Are both entities willing to cooperate to tackle climate change?
1: Right now, the leaders of the two sides they haven't managed to find a, a political solution and that hinders every other effort. So basically, the, in practice, the government or the civil mechanisms of both sides they are not in direct contact or collaboration. But I know that the citizens in both sides are very environmentally aware and they are willing to cooperate, but I'm afraid if no political solution is found, it would be very hard to unite, let's say, the forces, especially because we are only one island, so this division is also hindering any effort from, let's say, government level, but also in the society level, because Mm. although there are links between the people, people can pass the separation line, so we may have contacts at the human level, but Practically, it's uh, difficult to launch any actually meaningful action, for example, climate action. Mm. Although, that's a bit hopeful in terms of, let's say, challenges, there was some, let's say, assistance between the two sides. I think the the government of Cyprus was assisting the other side in putting down some forest fires in our second mountain range, which is in the north. So, there, there was some contacts in the adversity. Maybe if we have more adversities and uh, calamities, this actually might force things to move also on the political level. I don't know. Hmm. I hope.
0: That was Dr. Panos Hajini Kolau, an associate professor and researcher at the Center of Climate and Atmosphere Research of the Cyprus Institute.
2: Climate Watch is CGTN
0: Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Now let's follow Liu Jiahong to discover the latest climate developments across
2: the globe. The U.S. National Snow and Ice Data Center says Antarctic sea ice levels have hit record lows. Antarctic sea ice extent peaked this year on September 10th, with the lowest winter maximum since satellite records began in 1979. Researchers warned that the shift could have dire consequences for animals like penguins while also hastening global warming. Meantime, Arctic sea ice likely reached its annual minimum extent on September 19th, making it the sixth lowest year in the satellite record. The sea ice lost was enough to cover the entire continental United States. A storm called Ilias that struck central Greece caused extensive flooding in the region. Forecasts suggest the Horn of Africa will experience higher than normal temperatures between October to December. Temperatures could hit as high as 40 degrees Celsius in some countries as the region grapples with climate change. Statistics show that 8 out of 10 warmest years in New Zealand up to 2022 have been within the last decade. New Zealand's annual average temperature rose by 1.26 degrees Celsius between 1909 and 2022, and 2022 was the warmest year on record. That's all we have for this
0: edition of Climate Watch. To listen to this episode again or to catch up on our previous episodes, you can search Climate Watch on major podcast platforms or visit our website, radio.cgtn.com. You can also contact us via audio newsroom at CGTN.com. All your comments and advice are valued. Climate Watch is brought to you by CGTN Radio. Our producer is me, Gao Junya. Our executive producer is Holy Mei. Liu Jiaheng brings us the latest climate developments for this episode. Thank you for listening.